Hello and welcome into another edition of the Potbelly Pigskin Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Liam Schneider. I do have Graham with me tonight. How's it going, Graham? It's going good. Perfect. So we are going to take a look at some buy and sell again this week. Also get into the majority of the matchups going into week nine. We will touch on just some news before we get into the into buy and sell. Lots of news from the weekend. Feel free to jump in wherever you want here, Graham, because, I mean, there's a lot of fantasy-relevant information. Um, one of the things that <laughs> No more talk- news. No <laughs> more news. <laughs> it's so funny because there's so much news just based off of things that happened on the weekend. Nothing, like, not a whole lot to do with trades. That That's the surprising part for me because I figured this would be a great kind of trade deadline. There were a lot of talk about, like a lot, lot of stuff that didn't happen on the trade deadline for sure. I know that lots of people, including myself, were really had like had our fingers crossed. Melvin Gordon was going to be traded at the deadline, but that didn't happen. Uh, talking about his teammate though, Noah Fant was placed on the COVID nineteen reserve list. So I, I mean that is something to watch. You just have to have two negative tests. I don't know with it being Tuesday and him just recently being placed on the on the list. I don't know if there's enough time between now and Sunday for him when they take on Dallas to be able to play this week. So definitely look at it because I mean waivers are going to run tomorrow. You need to you need to find an alternative in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't be too uh, optimistic about him starting at this point. Yeah, uh, Logan Thomas is set to return to practice. Um, the biggest and probably most important piece of news from the weekend Derek Henry is out with the Jones fracture and that's probably like I, I think the, the timeline six to ten weeks which obviously finishes his season with it being week nine uh, and I mean e- even if you're like he might have a chance to come back for NFL playoffs but there's there's no reason to keep him in your lineup like six to like you're looking to hold a guy into playoffs and I they said six weeks is on the short end of the timeline. I have no confidence in fact. I mean he is completely and utterly not human, so maybe he could come back, but I don't know. It's there are a lot of I know a lot of truthers who are uh, holding their fingers and toes right now, hoping <laughs> that it's uh, more of a four to six week timeline, but I don't think that's realistic, especially with a guy that even has, for someone like Henry. He's well, I mean, he's such a big guy, right? And he cuts violently. And if it's that fracture in the foot, all of that power that's going into that cut, uh, I, if he comes back at an unhumanly timeline, I just feel like there's significant chance of re-injury. Um, I think the only way it happens is if Tennessee is right on that cusp of missing the playoffs and right now yeah. with where they're at with their remaining schedule with the big lead they have in their division i don't see them being in a position where they're desperate for a win enough to bring them back early and i mean they did just sign derrick henry light and 36 year old adrian peterson so um another big piece of news and kind of sad um Henry Ruggs was involved in a car accident, a very serious car accident, uh, where somebody was actually killed. Uh, he has been charged with uh, a DUI resulting in a death. 
Um, so, I mean, I, I think that's probably the end of his season because there's going to be a lot of legal issues going into this too. I don't think from a, just from a standpoint for the Raiders, I think it's, I, even if he's eligible to play, it's, it's hard from a PR standpoint to bring him back for the Eddie part of the season. It's hard to see this not being a decent suspension. Yeah. Whenever the NFL does get around to suspending him, I doubt it'll be less than six to eight games, which ends his fantasy season yeah. regardless. Um, another, man, another kind of sad news story to touch on. Uh, Calvin Ridley is stepping away from football. Um, it's sounds like he's got some really serious personal issues going on. Nothing's really been released, so it's all just speculation right now. But hopefully that all gets sorted out for him and everything gets better and we can see him on the field again soon. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, that it, from a fantasy standpoint, that's that's a bump to Kyle Pitts. Hopefully it didn't do much for a bump for him this week. Um, and, I mean, everybody thought it was going to be a bump for Russell Cage, and he absolutely no-showed. Yeah, well, I think um, you got to assume Pitts and Patterson are definitely going to Patterson. Sorry, are going to definitely uh, uh, benefit quite a bit from this. Yeah. Um, I think pretty much every offensive piece benefits, um, just based off the fact that they'll probably be running it a little more. Um, you know, you got to assume that if they're throwing short, that's that's Pitts or Patterson. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to really predict anything in Atlanta other than Cordero at the moment. But Yes, uh, it's, it's just, honestly, when you lose Calvin Ridley, um, regardless of him not having a fantastic year and obviously dealing with some issues, that offense becomes pretty one-dimensional, in my opinion. Well, I mean, it it doesn't, it doesn't. I think Cordero has turned that offense from being kind of capable of being one-dimensional anytime he's on the field, because he's, he's a receiver who, you know, runs the ball 10 times a game. So they've got a lot of versatility just having him on the field. Not, at any point yeah i'm not saying that patterson's th- not like he's not versatile i'm saying that i feel like teams will key in on shutting down patterson and say hey you know what kyle pitts beat us and i think kyle pitts has disappeared at times this year so i mean it's a rookie tight end so you don't see a whole lot of a whole lot of production from them in their first year i mean pitts is a completely different monster in himself but um i just i I think it's a lot easier to limit the explosiveness of Atlanta now that you don't have to worry about Ridley and Gage obviously isn't doing much and Davis isn't doing much either. I I think it definitely limits them a little more. I think it might actually be beneficial to Davis. Um, I think you may look at some sets where you see both Davis and Cordero on, on the same down a lot more. Um, they don't really have much at wide receiver to really care about losing one of them, throwing both of them on. 
um, which I think would be a very smart move for them. It would give them a great amount of versatility. Uh, like there, there's a lot that they could still do to remain a versatile offense while losing a bit of that, uh, um, yeah, a bit of that real threat to go deep or anything like that. Right. Well, I mean, I guess it's kind of a wait and see what happens, right? I mean, we can speculate all we want. Um, Which we're amazing at, by the way. Absolutely. Speculation is great. Um, Jameis Winston is out for the season with a torn ACL and MCL damage. Um, The expectation is that Taysom Hill is going to come back next week from his concussion. It they're saying he's progressing well enough that he could come back. I know that Trevor Simeon's there. Maybe they hold Taysom Hill out uh, for another week. But I, I personally, I'm really hoping that Taysom Hill is back next week and he is starting because the matchup that he has going into next week is super beneficial to the quarterback. Again, I mean, it, it's against Atlanta, so um, it, just Atlanta. Just we'll we'll talk about their matchup more once we get into uh, into the matchups here. But, I mean, I don't think there's anything else to really talk about news-wise. Did you have anything to add to anything we didn't talk about? Uh, no, uh, most of the same stuff. I mean, Fitz is out again. Thomas is out again. Um, I don't think there's anything more, but that's still a pretty heavy news day. Oh, yeah. Uh, one one thing, uh, Deshaun Jackson's been released by the Rams. That's that's the only other thing. I mean, not really much in the relevance of fantasy for Deshaun Jackson, but I think that it's more relevant in the terms of fantasy for Van Jefferson, who is somebody that I think you should pick up. Um, yeah. And we'll we'll talk more just in regards to once we get to the Rams matchup. Um, okay, let's uh, let's uh, go into buy and sell here. So, uh, why don't you take it away there, Graham? All right, so I'm going to start off with Zach, uh, his buy and sell, because he's not here. Uh, he had Carson Wentz as a top eight quarterback. Uh, for this one, Zach had him as a buy. Uh, I'm I'm going to sell on this, uh, mainly just because, well, partially just for the fact that I love dissension and uh, don't <laughs> want us all agreeing. <laughs> Uh, I think there's a very solid chance. I think he's QB 11 right now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But I think he's up against the Jets. Um, You know, obviously, if the Jets from last week show up, uh, it could be a shootout. But uh, I think that there's a very good chance that this they, they run it down their throat a lot. I think Wentz will still have a good week. I think he's still a top 12 kind of play on the week for me. I'm just not buying him at eight. Yeah, I, I can see that too. I'm I'm going to buy just because in regards to the matchup, um, and if it does become a shootout, like you said, I think that benefits this buy because, it. I mean, if it's going to be a shootout, there's going to be points going around like crazy. Um I definitely think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a great game, so that could limit wins. But I think there's going to be enough points to make him a top eight quarterback without making enough mistakes like he did against Tennessee last week to limit his point total. All right, well, which one do we have next here? 
you were gonna go next and then me ah right yeah sorry i'm i think i'm just completely <laughs> flabbergasted by what i'm saying with my buy and sell um yeah okay well mine is and just basically going off of the craziness that was last week in the jets and cincinnati matchup is mike white is going to be a top 12 quarterback against indy All right, well, uh, I'll jump in because yeah. um, I'm the dissenter on this one too. Uh, Zach had him <laughs> as a sell. Uh, he he did not want a piece of that. Uh, I decided to take. I, I I decided to jump in on that one. I I don't necessarily see Mike White as being a top five quarterback by any stretch, but I could see him being a top twelve. I I think he could very easily end up in that 10 to 15 range. Indy's not a not a tough matchup. Um, he's got Davis back. Uh, and let's face it, they're going to probably be throwing it. So I, I figure let, let's, throw, let's throw in for a, a top 12 finish for White. Okay, and I mean, I'm selling. And the reason why is... Cincinnati, I believe their defense is much better than than Indy's defense. Um, but against the running back, they're actually really good. And their linebacking core is much better than Indy's. And so much of Mike, Mike White's production came from receiving from the running backs last week. And I just think that there's too many other good matchups for better quarterbacks this week that is going to bite. Like, I... I'm right on the cusp of buying with Mike White, but I think 12 is just a little too... It, it, he's just on the outside of it. I, it 14, 15, I, I, would, I would buy this for sure. Fair enough. We're, we seem to be pretty close to the same thing on different sides of the uh, line, but... Uh... For my uh, for my buy and sell, I went with Miles Gaskin as a top uh, ten running back. Uh, I was a buy on this. I'm always a buy on my own, um, <laughs> but I think that uh, Miles Gaskin has a he's got a choice matchup. He's actually gotten touches two games in a row. Um, last week, I thought he was pretty phenomenal in what was a very tough matchup. Uh, despite it not necessarily reflecting in a, a huge fantasy score. But I think uh, this is the week he, he pulls top 10 numbers again. Yeah, I 100% agree. He, I'm buying this as well. I mean, it's against Houston. Houston's allowing the ninth most points to the running back, which is, I mean, he's going to go top 10 just based off the teams that are on by and the other matchups for running backs that are right around the same that same tier as him so i i think top 10 is easily doable on a week like this very achievable uh zach disagreed um his dissension was likely or i'm guessing here but likely due to the fact that uh he has zero faith in miles gaskin and miami's offense yeah number one miles gaskin fan is that no <laughs> well that is it for buy and sell for the week so hopefully I, I mean hopefully 
I think I, I, I did pretty well on buy and sell last week. I sold across the board, and I think, I mean, Robert Tanyan, that that was kind of a given, but ACL out for the year. I forgot to mention that off the off the off the news too. So yeah, I guess that's. Uh... I mean that that's a, a waiver guy, but uh, waiver guys can still be important. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the matchups here. Just going into week nine. Uh, let's start with the Thursday nighter. I'm super excited because I get to watch my team in prime time again. I really wish. I really, really wish it was a better matchup. Uh, a better like a better game. You know, I'm not super stoked against the Jets, but who knows? Maybe it'll turn out to be great. Um, so yeah, Jets against Indy. Looking at the Jets side of the ball, Indy's allowing the tenth most points to the quarterback, thirtieth most to the running back, seventh most to the wide receiver, and eighth most points to the tight end. Yeah, with this one, um, I think obviously you gotta you gotta figure Pittman's a good. Or sorry, we're going New York first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so excited to talk about Indy. Apparently, um, uh, I think uh, I think Carter's Carter's not someone I would start despite the fact that I said don't start him last week and he was lights out and I think he was RB1 um, I I think this is the week not to start him again yeah. uh, Indy is fantastic against the run and Carter outside of last week has not been a fantastic running back uh, I don't think one week makes you the guy by any measure and i think this will be a return back to earth i think that you can look a little more at potentially more davis um you know you could see i i think new york's gonna end up throwing in this game which i think plays into white who i think is a sneaky start uh if you've not got a lot of people if you're in uh a super flex league. Uh, Mike White's not a terrible start this week, I think. And I think there's uh, some decent potential points to go around at the wide receiver position. Yeah. You kind of took the words right out of my mouth there in regards to Mike White and uh, in a very deep, deep league, he is a good start this week. Um, Corey Davis is another good start. Um, I don't, there's not much in the way of tight end in with the jets. And I think if you're absolutely desperate, Carter, obviously you're going to start him. But uh, yeah, I, like I said, I think this is, I think Indianapolis's linebacking core is much better than Cincinnati's, and I, I think it's going to cause a lot of problems for the running game and just running backs. Like Ty, Ty Johnson too had a decent week last week. I just I don't think they're going to be, and there's going to be a lot of a lot of people that are relying on these guys this week. They're going to be like, oh yeah, he did this last week, but. I think the matchup is just not good for the running back. Uh, let's go over to the indie side of the ball, just because it's also more fun to talk about. Um, the Jets are allowing the 20th most points to the quarterback, the most points to the running back, the 27th most points to the wide receiver, the 11th most to the tight end, and they're also allowing the second most receiving yards to the running back. Yeah, for this one... Um... Obviously, I think if you have JT, you're starting him. Uh, you are probably starting him regardless of who he was facing. But in this matchup in particular, definitely have him in your lineup. Um, you're ecstatic. I think you. Matchup. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a ridiculous matchup. Um, uh, Hines, I think you can even consider starting him if you're uh, looking for kind of a, a dart throw start um, in a flex spot. Uh, Pittman, obviously, you're going to start. Uh, I think Wentz is a decent start this week, as we talked about earlier. Um, I think that if you got Wentz, Taylor, Pittman, throw them in your lineup. They're a great Colt stack. Uh, outside of that, Hines is all right. Yeah, and I think another a, a decent dart throw for this week. It, I, I know a lot of teams stream tight ends. Um, Mo Ali Cox is the one that I'd be picking in Indy. It's a good matchup for the tight end. Um, and there's just some hurt pieces at wide receiver in in Indy with uh, with Hilton, uh, as well as Paris Campbell's gone. Uh, Pascal is is there. He's But I, I honestly think that just with the familiarity, Wentz is going to be looking at Moali Cox. I know he did throw a touchdown to Doyle last week. But um, I, I think I think if if you're looking for a high upside play, Molly Cox is the best high upside tight end, Fair. especially considering who's on by. Like you've got Detroit, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Washington on by. Three out of those four teams have really good tight end options. So, all right, well let's move on to Houston and Miami. Uh, looking at the Houston side of the ball, Miami is allowing the third most points to the quarterback, the ninth most to the running back, the second most to the wide receiver, and the 10th most to the tight end. Miami is also allowing the most pass yards in the in the NFL, the third most receiving yards to wide receivers, and the second most receiving yards to tight end. This, and I, it, it, it hurts me to say, because most of the time, whenever, whenever we talk about Houston, it's let's move on, like let's move on, you don't look at anybody outside of Cooks. Um, I think you could get away with flexing David Johnson this week. I think you could get away with flexing Akins. I, I, if Akins isn't healthy, I think it was Brevin Jordan. What was his name? The tight end that caught a touchdown for them last week. Like you could get away with flex, like uh, not flexing, uh, streaming that whoever's starting at tight end for Houston. You might not know who's starting, but I mean, you could take a roll of dice. Um, and I think there are other wide receivers other than Cooks. You could definitely, you could definitely go after them as well. And also, um, Davis Mills. In a like we were talking about Mike White in a really deep, in a deep league or a super flex. Davis Mills, in my opinion, you can, you can stream him or start him in one of those leagues, this week. Uh, yeah, I, I'm still not really on the uh <laughs> houston train um i think it's I, I think taylor's actually starting this week is um, tyrod back he's coming back and starting but mills was doing I, so I, good i i think tyrod is is back this week which i think is probably good for houston but not necessarily great for its fantasy appeal um, I think obviously Cooks, we always talk about that, you know, Cooks is a good one to throw in whenever. Um, but, uh, I think if it is Tyrod first game back, I think you see them running the ball a little more. Uh, that does obviously give 
you know, Johnson, Lindsay, and uh, right now, like, it, it's hard to say because Burkhead was the guy last week. That's true. So, um, like, I, I, I would kind of stay away from their running back f- right now just because, you know, Burkhead might be the guy. If you want to pick him up and throw him on your bench, see how he does this week. Um, he's certainly not getting a lot of competition from uh, Johnson and Lindsay to say that he can't uh be the number one guy there uh but i i I would want to see how things unfold this week in a decent matchup before i ran any one of those three guys um and and yeah uh pharaoh brown i i love the name i certainly don't think i'd start him uh you know jordan naked um I, I think the only guy you're really starting right now is is Cooks. Oh, I was just trying to give Houston some love. I'm, you know what I'm feeling here? I'm feeling a lot of options for bold prediction coming from the Houston side of the ball. So, little preview, <laughs> my bold predictions going to come from the Houston Texans. Um, looking at the Miami side of the ball, Houston allows the eighth most points to the quarterback, fifth most to the running back, twelfth most to the wide receiver fourth most to the tight end. Houston is also allowing the most rush yards to the running back. This to me says that you can stream Tua, you can play Gaskin with a lot of confidence. This is a good matchup for Waddle and even Parker who had a good week last week. And I mean, there's so many options to go with Miami here. Like I think Gesicki could end up being a top five tight end on the week just with this matchup. I think Isiki is a, a fantastic tight end. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think uh, right now there's a lot more mouths to feed in that offense than he's had for a little while. But I think it's hard not to think of, um, you know, I, I, I think it's hard not to see a situation where Waddle, Parker, Gesicki, and Gaskin could all have plus days in that offense just with how great the matchup is absolutely yeah and i mean the other thing the reason why i always like to bring up how like teams that are allowing a certain amount of rush yards to in in the league is just because it offers a really safe floor with some of the players that you might be questioning because it's been i mean you know this it's been a roller coaster ride with miles gaskin this year and I feel like this is one of the more confident matchups you can have play, like putting Miles Gaskin in your lineup just because of the baseline with the amount of rush yards that Houston's allowing. I, I, I feel like there's an outside chance that Gaskin could average 20 yards per carry and end up with 60 <laughs> yards in the game. Oh, no. It's only three carries. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Miami, I, I don't know what they're doing with him, uh, but I I think if you're ever going to play him with confidence, this is definitely one of those matchups to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go on to Denver against Dallas. Uh, just looking at Denver's side of the ball, Dallas is allowing the 11th most points to the quarterback, 28th most to the running back, 8th most to the wide receiver, and 9th most points to the tight end. I know a lot of people, including Liam, uh, are very sad to see that Melvin Gordon is still in a Broncos uniform. Uh, I think this week in particular, with how 
good Dallas is against the run. I think Gordon and Williams are both really rough starts. Um, beyond that, I think that there's a solid matchup at wide receiver and tight end. I think Fant's obviously not playing, which uh, I don't even want to try and say the name of their tight end. Oh, I know, <laughs> but, the, I know the one you're talking uh, about. Yeah, that last name is insane. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you find an insane name on a, in a Broncos uniform, it's probably their tight end who's going to be starting this week in replace of Fant. He's got an outside chance at a, a big game. He's a he's a big guy. I think he's six five. Um, he did so he'll, he'll last year too. When yeah, was and great. he'll he'll he's definitely got a very solid chance of being a good. Uh, um, a, a good flex at tight end this week. Uh, Sutton and Judy are, uh, are definitely solid choices. If you're gonna, if you're gonna look for something out of that offense, Dallas is, if, if they're beatable in one dimension, it is absolutely through the air. Uh, you don't run on them, you throw. Yeah. I mean, with I mean, Trayvon Diggs, everybody's talking about him for def- like defensive player of the year kind of thing just I mean with the amount of turnovers he's had that doesn't mean you need to be scared to play your wide receivers both Judy and Sutton like you said are good matchups this week Fant being out obviously is concerning um I'm not ever gonna say that Bridgewater is a good stream again because that has bitten me twice now this year um you can find something better and yeah I mean Javante and Gordon are definitely sits as well I couldn't agree more with that uh, looking at the, the Dallas side of the ball, um, no, I feel like these numbers are a little bit skewed just because, and I'll, I'll get to it here in a second, but uh, Denver's allowing the 30th most points to the quarterback, 21st most to the running back, 23rd most to the wide receiver, and 29th to the tight end. The reason why I said skewed is because Von Miller's gone now. Yeah, I think uh, Von Miller being gone definitely affects a lot of those numbers, particularly with the QB. Um, I think regardless of how much of a hole Von Miller leaves on that defense, I think Dak Prescott is good enough at this point in his career that you can go ahead and start him without much concern. Uh, That offensive line is good enough. Uh, He's got Zeke. Um, who is a you know fantastic all-world running back? You got Ceedee Lamb, Amari Cooper, uh, like even Schultz has been great at times this year. I think any any one of those four players, uh, you can definitely start with confidence. Uh, I know Pollard has had his games this year. I don't think this is going to be one of them just based off the fact that Denver isn't the greatest matchup. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. I, I mean, yeah, you, you paid up for a lot of those guys that you mentioned. So you're starting them. Um, I definitely think that like, if you're, if you're swaying away from one, I think the, the player that you're swaying away, the two players like you already touched on Pollard, but I think you can find something better than Schultz this week. All right, let's move Fair on enough. to the divisional matchup of Cleveland against Cincinnati. 
Um, looking at Cleveland, Cincinnati is allowing the 17th most points to the quarterback, 14th most to the running back, 18th most to the wide receiver, 24th most points to the tight end. And Cincinnati is also allowing the third most receiving yards to the running back. I In this matchup, it, hopefully you're – I mean, I, I don't even know if it's hopefully because I, I honestly I don't think Baker – like Baker Mayfield provides enough – enough of a boost to fantasy relevance for the players on his on his team so i mean nick chubb's going to be playing he's a great start Darius johnson another good one because they they go so much through the run like that offense just runs through those running backs so both of them are a good start just because kareem hunt's still out um i'm not super confident in starting any wide receivers on cleveland and the tight end, the tight end landscape there too. It was just there's better options on the week than starting either Njoku or Hooper, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I I would agree with you on most of that. I think that right now you're seeing a very suspect looking wide receiver core. Uh, Johnson's looked absolutely fantastic with the touches he's had. I think they're they're definitely going to lean on Chubb more than they did when Hunt was in the backfield as well. But I think it's very easy to see a path to success for both of those guys this week. Uh, and, yeah, I wouldn't touch anything through the air. Uh, anything outside of the backfield is uh, it's pretty bleak in Cleveland right now. Yeah, and uh, looking at Cincinnati... Cleveland's allowing the sixth most points to the quarterback, 24th most points to the running back, 14th most points to the wide receiver, and 18th most points to the tight end. It's going to be a bounce back week for Joe Burrow. I feel like it's going to be, you're going to have to limit your expectations with Joe Mixon just because this is, Cleveland's a really good defense. They match up really well against the running back. So Joe Mixon, I, I don't, I, I'm putting him outside of my, tw- my top 12 art running backs on this week. Um, the wide receiver, you're playing Jamar Chase no matter what anyways. It's a decent matchup for him. Uh, I lean more towards T. Higgins this week over Tyler Boyd. Fair enough. Um, I, I'd hardly call it a bounce-back week for Burrow. I think he was right below like that 19, high 19 range last week which I know you consider Cincinnati to be an elite offense and elite offenses have quarterbacks that scored 25 points a game, but I think Burrow still had a very good game last week uh, despite the loss. I think Um, you were just expecting more out of him against the Jets, you know? The Jets, well, against a Jets team that's actually putting up points, so... You, you know, the team's still actually throwing on them in the second half. But uh, I, I think he did he did fine enough to get them the win. Uh, their defense just inexplicably couldn't stop players who haven't had any troubles <laughs> being stopped all season. <laughs> um, I, I definitely wouldn't start Cincinnati's defense this week. Just because of the holy shit of it all from last week. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that they're playing Mayfield. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously you're starting mix and obviously you're starting chase. Uh, I, I do like 
Higgins a little more. He he showed a little more last week. Um, he's he's definitely had a lot of drops. He's been a target monster without pulling down a lot of receptions, which is often a really bad sign. Um, whereas Boyd seems to catch almost everything thrown his way. I could see both having having good games this week. I think this is one of those where, depending on if it gets out of hand, Cincinnati obviously has more than enough weapons to put this game away by halftime, especially with how awful Mayfield has looked. Um, but if it's if it's a close game, I could see all three wide receivers in Cincinnati having good nights. All right, well, let's, uh, let's move on to the next matchup, which is Minnesota versus Baltimore. Looking at Minnesota, Baltimore is allowing the 16th most points to the quarterback, 12th most to the running back, 25th most to the wide receiver, and most points to the tight end. Baltimore also allows the third most receiving yards to tight end, which obviously goes <laughs> a lot to allowing the most points to the tight end in fantasy football. Absolutely. Um, I think that Minnesota is, they've, they've been a tough team to kind of predict a lot of the year. Um, they seem to do well at times when you think they won't and terrible when you think they should easily be doing a lot better. I think it's hard. Obviously you're starting cook if you have them. Uh, Baltimore certainly isn't a scary enough matchup to shy away from them. I think this is this is another week where you have a team that basically has one corner uh, and then not a ton of depth beyond them. And so I think this is another good week for Thielen. I think Jefferson is talented enough that it's hard not to see him still getting his catches and all of that. But I think Thielen's going to be a little more open a lot of the time. And I think it's a great matchup for Conklin. If uh, you want a guy who's consistently on and off waiver wires, uh, Conklin's definitely a, a, a good one to go with this week. Yeah, I would uh, definitely agree. I mean, he had he had eighty two percent of the snaps um, in, the, in the previous previous game. Uh, seven targets, five catches for fifty seven yards. Like that's that's a pretty safe baseline against a team that's half decent like if this was against dallas who i mean they're they're a pretty positive tight end matchup but i mean baltimore is the best tight end matchup so conklin is one of those tight ends that when i was talking about you can find better tight ends to stream conklin is definitely somebody that's a much better streaming option than some of those other tight ends we talked about earlier absolutely um let's go to baltimore side of the ball and yeah just one thing i want to sorry i just you were talking about Jefferson, and, and I, he's going to get that Marlon Humphrey, Humphrey treatment. So this might be another down week for Jefferson after last week as well. This might be a time after this week, if he has another down week, to go target him in a trade. The owners of Justin oh. Jefferson might be a little high on him still. even like might be frustrated after last week, but if he gets shut down by Humphrey again this week, it's 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 a good time. Like it's a good. It's probably your best opportunity to trade for Justin Jefferson. 
there there's there's uh the possibility that you might find someone too who has Jefferson and just lost another wide receiver. Uh, there's a couple of, of good ones that are, are not playing right now. Uh, if you've got someone who's who's needy in that department, uh, packaging two guys together to fix some of their depth issues, you might be able to get Jefferson pretty cheap. Absolutely. Okay, looking at the Baltimore side of the ball, Minnesota is allowing the 25th most points to the quarterback, 19th most points to the running back, sixth most to the wide receiver and 28th most to the tight end. Uh, yeah, for as, as far as Baltimore goes, I think, um, you know, Marquise Brown has been uh, a bit hit and miss, but I think you're, you're, you're rolling them if you got him. Uh, Bateman's a really, he, he's a bit of a head scratcher for me. I think people are, a lot higher on him at the moment than they should be. I think he definitely has potential, but it took Brown like three years in this offense to finally get enough passes from Lamar that he's now relevant. And Brown's a very, very talented receiver on a lot of teams. Brown could be a top, top 10 guy in the league. Uh, the thing holding him down has always been Lamar. So I think trying to see an avenue where you have two weekly startables in the Baltimore wide receiver car, I, I find it harder to believe. I think this is a matchup. Minnesota's obviously a good team to throw against where you might see, um, you know, some value in Bateman. But there's also Mark Andrews, who's a target hog, uh, to take away a lot of those looks. And Lamar likes to run the ball. Yeah, that's true. I See, I am on the Rashad Bateman train. I mean, he's had over 60% of snaps both games he's been in and six targets each time. The thing that really jumped out at me looking at last game was the fact that it was six targets he he did only catch three of them so 50 percent completion percentage obviously there but it was it was the 26.67 yards per reception like he's i like it's a it's a bad matchup for tight end so maybe andrews is a little bit limited this week but uh i i think with brown taking the top off and and bateman is that first round pick that prototypical wide receiver he's six foot two He's a big guy, 210 pounds. He's he's that that number one receiver, that big guy that Lamar, who hasn't always been the most accurate passer, like you have to you have to be able to throw a perfect pass to Hollywood to complete a pass as Lamar. You have more room for error with Rashad Bateman, in my opinion, and this is this is why I'm excited about Rashad Bateman. Fair enough, and and like I said, I I don't. It's not to it's not to disparage the guy. I think he's got a lot of potential and uh, could very well be a, a, a big, big wide receiver in this league. I just don't know that it's necessarily going to happen in Baltimore. And certainly not this year. All right. Well, let's go on to the next matchup, which is Las Vegas versus the New York Giants. Uh, looking at the Vegas side of the ball, 
The Giants are allowing the 15th most points to the quarterback, the 8th most to the running back, the 9th most to the wide receiver, the 19th most to the tight end, and the Giants also allow the 5th most rush yards to the running back. Um, just with the news that came out about Ruggs this week, I think Brian Edwards should be a top at at wide receiver if you are a wide receiver needy team. Um, obviously, awful situation as to why he's a great add. Uh, but this is a plus matchup for the wide receiver. I do like the matchup for Josh Jacobs, and I think you can flex Kenyon Drake as well this week. Um, I'm not really looking to stream Carr this week, and I I know they're coming they're coming off a of bye, so hopefully Waller's ankles are healed. If you have him, you're starting him anyways, in my opinion. Yeah, I think anytime you can put Waller in a game, uh, you're going to be excited to have him, I think, especially with the news this week. Uh, Renfrew is definitely not a bad section, second option, but I don't know that he's a number one guy. I think Waller absolutely is, so I think he he's probably going to be utilized even more than he has been in the past if his body can keep up for it. And, and yeah, um, Jacobs is definitely, he's in a good matchup and uh, it, it should be, it should be a good week for him. Yeah. And I, it, honestly, if I'm the Raiders with the news of Deshaun Jackson being released from the Rams, if I'm looking to slot somebody in that's not necessarily as good as Henry Ruggs, but to not to not hope that you have to change your offense too much, I think Deshaun Jackson can slot right into that lineup and they can run pretty much everything that they have been running this year without Ruggs. Well, I think Jackson's the guy that you basically just throw in on, you know, 30% of downs to sprint down the field and... Uh, I think these go back with them. Well, yeah, I think that gives a lot of value, even if you don't have them catch a lot of balls, because all you have to do is throw to him once or twice a game. If he catches one of them, great. Uh, as long as they don't get picked, you're pulling those safeties back and you're opening up a lot more in the middle of the field, which is where Waller is going to feast. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's take a look at the Giants side of the ball. Uh, Vegas is allowing the 19th most points to the quarterback, seventh most to the running back, 29th most to the wide receiver, and fifth most to the tight end. Um, I'm not not uh, Daniel Jones has been a streaming option many weeks. I don't know if this is the week where you really want to stream him. I think you can find something better. But uh, Devontae Booker is a good start this week. Um, I don't think Barkley's going to be back. He was taught, they were talking to him last week and they were saying, he was saying like he came out and said that the swelling was still really bothering him with his ankle. So he's still like, I, he's still touch and go. I, you've got to keep an eye on his health. If he's in, obviously I'm, if Booker, if Booker's starting, I'm happy starting Booker, but if Barkley's in, I'm a little concerned to start him just because of re-injury. Um, I'm a little like uh, Tony on on the Giants. I'm I'm happy starting him, but outside of that, it, like if Galladay's back, if Shepard gets back from the quad injury, I'm not really looking to start him. Tony is one of those guys that can take a screen pass 
all the way for a touchdown. Like he's just, I was watching the game and I was like, man, that guy looks so good every time he gets the ball in his hands. Um, And then Evan Ingram, as gross as it sounds, and I think, I don't know, like every week I feel like we're talking about Evan Ingram. And it's it sounds gross, but he might like to me like this with this stretch, like he just has a lot of good matchups for the tight end this year. Well, I, I and he also has a, has had a bit of a beleaguered receiver core to benefit from as well. But as as much as I know Zach hates him, uh, he's he's a wide receiver who's playing tight end. He's he's a fantastic you know, receiving option if he can stay healthy and not uh, be too much of a, you know, down point having him on the field when you might run the ball. Um, you know, he's, he's, he is what he is. And uh, is he, is he a good run blocker? Absolutely not. He's undersized and barely a tight end, but he is, he is capable of having really great games. And if you're looking for a streamer with potential, you know, it's nice to go with a guy who's got potential to actually catch five balls instead of a guy that you're just hoping catches a one in the end zone. Yeah. And I, yeah, it, he almost got, there were talks that he was getting traded to green Bay today. So I was, it was funny when I was hearing that, I was like, I wonder how you feel about that. I I don't like tight ends that can't block. Yeah. I think they I think they dramatically reduce a lot of the versatility of your offense. I know that Kansas City manages to stay as versatile as they are even though Kelsey rarely does block, but he's at least still big enough that he can get in the way of someone. Like I feel like those those ones that are like completely wide receivers um like ingram's a he's not a small guy but he's not a he's injury prone he's not really a blocking tight end i think for green bay especially getting a guy getting a guy who doesn't block really diminishes a lot of their play options yeah, and I think uh, just to touch on your point in regards to Kansas City there, I mean, yeah, it does limit them. Um, and I, I feel like they're definitely they're, they're suffering because of it because a lot of teams are just blitzing the crap out of Mahomes now. So, And obviously they're a 500 team right now. So, anyways. It, we'll it, talk... I mean, they figured out how to beat them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll Sorry. Talk, we'll talk Kansas City more another time. Uh, all right, yeah. let's go on to the next matchup, which is Atlanta versus New Orleans. Um, looking at the Atlanta side of the ball, New Orleans is the line, the 28th most points to the quarterback, 29th most points to the running back, 4th most to the wide receiver, and 30th to the tight end. Uh, 30th most points to the tight end. They're also allowing the 5th most receiving yards to the wide receiver. Yeah, I think that... Uh... This this week is uh, is a really strange week with you know when anytime you lose a starting quarterback 
I realized Winston wasn't, you know, throwing the lights out. But trying to figure out how Taysom Hill, if he's back, is going to fit into the offense. We're talking, um, obviously, we're talking Matt com- Ryan right now, though, because we're talking. The oh shoot! Ball. Yeah, I'm. I'm talking at last. Sorry. Uh, I know you yes. really want to get inside the, the ball. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I, I want to talk Saints. Uh, with Atlanta, uh, I think I touched on it earlier. Um, obviously, I think Cordero Patterson is uh, is still a great start, even though New Orleans is great against the running back because of his versatility. His ability outside of the pocket, I think New Orleans has been disastrous against wide receivers, and that is half of what Cordero is. Um, So I think you can still start him without any kind of worry in this one. Uh, I definitely wouldn't touch Davis. Um, I don't think... um, I, I think Gage definitely did not look... Like, he's going to get a lot of attention last week. But I think this week they're going to actually be entering in with the idea that this is the guy going forward. This is our offense. We need to, you know, work around it. So I think whether it's him or it's Sharp, I think one of them will probably um, establish themselves as some kind of, a, you know, reasonably reliable wide receiver. Uh, so either of them are, are decent stashes for your bench. I wouldn't start either this week. Uh, but Pitts obviously is, uh, is a good start anytime you can. Yeah. I feel just to echo your sentiment in regards to the Atlanta side of the ball. I, yeah, I'm not looking to start Davis. I'm not looking to stream Ryan. Um, I think Pitts is more used as a wide receiver. So I think this could definitely be a really good matchup for him. It's sneaky because you're kind of you're looking at the matchup to the tight end, and obviously New Orleans being pretty good against the tight end. But I think that's more. I think Pitts brings athletically to the table more than almost any tight end in the NFL. So I think I think it's it's a great matchup for Pitts and Patterson. That's about all I'm wanting to play. I think. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. All right, look at New Orleans side of the ball, the one that you really want to talk about. Um, Atlanta's <laughs> allowing the fifth most points to the quarterback, the 10th most to the running back, the 17th most points to the wide receiver, the 14th most points to the tight end. Atlanta's also allowing the fourth most rush yards to QB. The reason why I put that stat in there is just because Taysom Hill, if, if, if he starts. I think New Orleans is just... They, they've been so interesting this year. They're 5-2. and two. They've beaten Green Bay and Tampa. I mean, they, they beat Tampa. Yeah, like, they have, they have a really good team. They just, they just don't have that, they don't have that reliable spark at quarterback. Uh, and I think, and I've said this before, I think a lot of that, was the fact that they were trying to make Winston something he wasn't. Uh, Now they're going to be in a situation where Taysom Hill flat out can't be Drew Brees. You have to play a different offense with him. You can't try and make him a pocket passer. 
Um, if they try to have Taysom Hill um, running a Drew Brees-style offense, even this game they could lose. But I think that they'll probably... Taysom Hill, I think he's a decent start um, because, yeah, the rush yards to QB... I think they're going to come in with a conservative playbook. There's going to be a lot of Kamara. There'll probably be a lot of uh, options where Taysom can hold the ball and run it himself. Uh, so I think he's he's a good. He should have a good safe floor based off the fact that you you can assume he'll probably get a decent amount of rush yards. Um, uh, from what I hear, Michael Thomas isn't back. Uh, I think even if he is, I don't think you really want to start him this week. Uh, I think that it'll be his first game back in quite a while. Taysom Hill is not, he didn't really turn him into a star last year when the two of them were playing together. Uh, I don't think this is a great one to run out Michael Thomas with any confidence, and I wouldn't touch a single one of their other wide receivers, even if Thomas isn't back. Yeah, I agree with everything you said in regards to all that. I think the Taysom Hill, yeah, absolutely sneaky start. I think a really another like another sneaky start because I think they're going to get back to this playbook with them losing Jameis Winston and uh, just them reacquiring Mark Ingram. I think they're going to go back to what the way that they were running that offense when it was Kamara and it was Ingram. And it was Drew Brees, and he was doing a lot of little dump passes off to off to Kamara, and Ingram was getting involved as well, and they were seeing anywhere from twelve to fifteen touches a game each. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna lean on that as their offense with their injuries at quarterback. I, I think there's a, a very very solid chance that that's the way they go moving forward. Yeah. So if you've got Mark Ingram on your waiver wire, go grab him. 